Hello and welcome to Your Active's Agri-Food Brief. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And I'm Natasha Foote. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Your Active's Agri-Food News team. This week, we spoke with Christiane Lambert, the newly elected president of Farmers Association, COPA. A livestock farmer for more than 19 years in the mountainous French region of Contel, Ms. Lambert has been a strong farming advocate from a young age, engaged in campaigning in her local area as well as nationally and now at the EU level. Ms. Lambert expressed her disappointment that the Commission President Ursula von der Leyen did not talk about agriculture in her first State of the Union address last week, highlighting that this was especially an era after the Covid crisis in which everyone has recognised the important role of agriculture. She emphasised that one of her main goals as president of COPA is to make a state of the agricultural union and counter a rising agri-bashing that we are seeing across the EU, saying that there is a need to speak directly to society in a civil dialogue with media and social networks and think tanks. Ms. Lambert stressed that farmers are not enemies of the environment and that on the contrary they're the ones that help protect it. So she has made it her mission to champion everything that agriculture brings to the EU, including food security and health, stressing that the whole world envies the EU agricultural system, which brings employment to remote places where there is nothing but agriculture, saying that farmers are major players in the vitality of the countryside and the rural world. Ms. Lambert made a, a good impression. I think so, I think so. And again, it's not that obvious that someone coming from the uh, national environment, as she is, basically, she was uh, the president of the French Farmers Association. And, uh, you know, it, it might be hard moving from this national approach toward uh a more a broader European approach, but she looked very into topics uh, that are on the European agenda. And also, I like when she said that she's uh, she's uh, an optimistic combat. So basically, she's a tough person and trying to understand where the problems are and how to act to solve those problems. Mm. But at the same time, uh, she listed three things. Uh, that she highlighted and she, she wants to cope with during her presidency. Of course, the farm to fork strategy, the new uh, pivotal uh, food policy unveiled by the Commission uh, last uh, uh, spring. And uh, she said that she understood the direction of uh, both the farm to fork and the biodiversity strategy. Uh, and particularly the fact that those strategies aim at an integrated, at, at integrating agriculture with environmental issues. And uh, she agreed with this orientation, but not that much with the figures and, uh, and levels um, um, put forward by the Commission. While she also defended the, the common agricultural policy, the EU main farming uh, subsidies, uh, saying that since food security has begun to appear as something very valuable, uh, it must be said that uh, we owe it to the common agricultural policy, which has enabled Europe to produce in quantity and in quality over the past years. She also said something very tough on, on, on trade, um, saying that farmers uh, need to remain very vigilant uh, because uh, Europe cannot let products from all continents in unless there is a minimum framework of common rules with others. So, for instance, she mentioned uh, the, the, the case with Mercosur, 
which is mostly the, the agreement with the South American countries is mostly about um, livestock farming. And, uh, but these countries are challenging the, the animal welfare rules that are imposed on European producers. So uh, she said that farmers have this impression of putting a heavy weight and a featherweight in the same boxing ring. So they know how to com compete and they will compete, but they already know from the beginning that they will lose this battle. Yeah, she was very strong on these kind of really important EU priorities. And I certainly don't think this will be the last time that we hear from Ms. Lombard. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what she brings to the table in her new role. Um, so another issue that we've been exploring this week is about uh, labelling. So this week, the fight against the supremacy of France's Nutri-Score system as the EU-wide nutrition label kicked up a notch with the addition of a new non-paper backed by at least seven member states and maybe more in the future. So this non-paper was offered up by uh, a coalition of countries as a contribution to the discussion on the harmonized front of pack nutrition labeling, which is among the main objectives of the EU pivotal food policy, the farm to fork strategy. So the paper was submitted as a any other business request by the Italian and Czech delegations on behalf of five other delegations for discussion at this week's AgriFish EU Council, which took place on Monday. So it may come as no surprise that the charge was led by the Italians, who have been long opposed to the leading candidate for an EU-wide nutrition label, the Nutri-Score, which converts the nutritional value of products into a code consisting of five letters from A to E, each with its own colour. So Italy's government has instead offered the Commission a different proposal for the EU-wide nutrition label scheme called Nutrienform, uh, which is based on a battery-powered symbol which shows the consumer the nutritional contribution in relation to their daily needs. But the French Nutri-Score system has a head start over the battery system as it has already been adopted by multiple countries including Belgium and Spain and most recently Germany. Although the non-paper did stop short of mentioning the French Nutri-Score system by name, it did challenge the key concepts of the proposed system. So Gerardo, as our in-house Italian agri-expert, what, what do you think, what is the main problem here with this, uh, with this system? Well, I mean, it's, um, it's mostly about the fact that uh, Italians perceive this uh, Nutri-Score uh, as, a, as a tool against the Mediterranean diet. So that's what Teresa Bellanova basically said at uh, her doorstep. So the, the Nutri-Score is basically giving consumers simplistic information. That's what she said. Uh, while the EU harmonized food labeling should be based on science and, again, respecting the Mediterranean diet. It's quite, it's quite interesting that um, I treated the, the, the doorstep of uh, Teresa Bellanova and um, Professor Serge Herberg replied, um, is basically is the one that invented the Nutri-Score, it's a French professor, professor, and she replied saying that it's Bellanova that denies science and tried to subvert it to serve interests that have nothing to do with science and public health. And she was, uh, he was referring to the fact that uh, the battery system proposed by the Italian uh, is without scientific basis and it is support, uh, supported by Italian food lobbies like Coldiretti, Federal Alimentare. And, and it's not concerned by, by, they're not concerned by health of consumers. So we asked the, the Italian Farmers Organization, who was mentioned by, which was mentioned by Serge Herbeck, 
um, call diretti to explain their position on uh, why they, they back the uh, nutrient-informed battery system instead. As call diretti, together with all European farmers, we are at the forefront against color coding systems such as NutriScore that classify food into bad and good. However, we strongly support a voluntary EU harmonized system that, as the Italian Nutriform battery, must be based on portions and have the objective to inform consumers without misleading and influencing their choices. This is what happens today when we see the Nutriscore becoming more and more a marketing tool. The 100 gram reference applied by Nutriscore penalizes traditional specialties and agri-food products that, consumed in advised limited quantities, are scientifically considered an important element in any balanced and healthy diet. On the other side, many hyper-processed foods can display a green letter because the score is based on the 100 gram reference. The same food would become red if the Nutri-score would be calculated on the real portion, which is normally larger than 100 grams. Moreover, hyper-processed food has the possibility to be reformulated, replacing nutritional elements with substances not considered in the Nutri-score algorithm that could be worse from a health and nutrition point of view, for example, replacing sugar with aspartame. This reformulation is not possible for the agri-food products, especially for geographical indications, which based on EU rules must follow strict production specifications to safeguard culinary tradition and the European food heritage and model of agriculture. To conclude, we are keen to continue the debate to find the most suitable solution in order to allow consumers to do informed and healthy choices and promoting a new real food education campaign. So news from the Brussels bubble this week. Green MEP Tilly Metz has been elected chair of the new inquiry committee on animal transport in the European Parliament. And we spoke to her to hear what she had to say about her new appointment. I am, of course, very happy and uh, honoured to have been elected chair of the inquiry committee on animal transport. We have a lot of work ahead of us, but we will not starting from zero. Um, thanks to the um, uh, Parliament's implementation report from 2019, it's already established that there are significant issues when it comes to the welfare of animals during transport. Our mission now will be to inquire how systematic these issues are and, of course, to establish whether the Commission and the Member States have failed in their missions of making sure rules are respected. Um, it will be a fair and extensive investigation and, of course, our recommendation can contribute to the revision and improvement of the current rules. Our goal is to get uh, better implementation and cross-border cooperation between member states with stricter controls on the grounds and sanctions for those who do not respect animal welfare. In other news, the European Commission has kicked off an initiative to improve sustainability in the cacao sector this week. A new multi-stakeholder dialogue will bring together representatives of the Ivory Coast and also Ghana, the two main cacao producing countries which account for 70% of the global cacao production, as well as representatives of the European Parliament, EU member states and cacao growers and civil society. 
Eurostat released an updated report on agricultural statistics at the regional level this week, which focused on four specific areas with information on the age of farm managers, the harvested production of various cereals, the number of bovine animals and milk production, and the share of agricultural area that has been converted to organic farming. It also released another report on the country-by-country breakdown on livestock numbers in the EU. And now for the agri-food news from the capitals this week, starting with France, where the High Council for Energy has rejected a proposal from the government to reduce the price of biomethane last week. The potential reduction up to 15% in the feed-in tariffs for biomethane had provoked a strong reaction from farmers and politicians in the Hauts-de-France region. The UK House of Lords has supported amendments to the Agriculture Bill which would require food products imported under future trade deals to meet or exceed domestic standards for animal health and welfare, environmental protection and food safety. In Belgium, a new report commissioned by the National Climate Commission said that two of Belgium's most iconic products, beer and fries, stand to be severely affected by the effects of climate change. In Poland, the National Center for Research and Development will allocate almost 22 million euros from European funds to support new technologies in the agricultural sector. The initiative aims to increase the competitiveness of Polish companies working on projects in the field of robotization, automation, digitization and environmentally friendly agri-food production. According to the Italian dairy association Assolatte, cheese export witnessed an increase of 3% in volume during the first six months of the year. And lastly, Romania wants to include pork and poultry meat on the list of products eligible for coupled payments in the EU's common agricultural policy. Romanian Agricultural Minister Adrian Oros told the other European minister that Romania supports an allocation of at least 15% of the national cap budget for coupled payments for pork and poultry products. On our radar this week... A new European alliance for plant-based foods has launched this week, which aims to place plant-based foods at the heart of the transition towards a more sustainable and healthy food system. The alliance, which includes industry players such as Upfield and Nestle, as well as NGOs and the scientific community, aims to promote policies and laws that recognise the role of plant-based foods in the sustainable transition and guarantee fair access to the EU market. Watch out as well for Euractiv's special report this week on new terminologies in farming. This week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by Euractiv's AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foot, with the technical support of Evi Chiori. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agricultural news from the EU. You can also find this podcast on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify and Stitcher. I'm Natasha Foot. Thanks for listening. See you next week. This podcast is part of Euractiv's project Beyond Agriculture, funded by the IMCAP program of the European Union. The content of this podcast represents the views of the author only and is his, her, sole responsibility. The European Commission does not accept any responsibility for use that may be made of the information it contains.